What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Starting Point Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Kilcourse, bringing you guys episode number 15 today. Very excited. Uh, the guest will be Devin Leary. And for those of you, for probably a lot of my listeners that grew up in the South Jersey area or just anywhere in New Jersey for that matter, you know, you probably know who he is. He, he's a Division One quarterback. He plays at uh, North Carolina State. Um, I believe he's a junior. We, we, can, we can get into that today. But just the way uh, the way me and Devin kind of, I guess, connected, uh, we never really formally met each other, but we grew up in the same area. We went to the same high school. I am a couple of years older than him. But I did get, you know, did get to catch some of his games while in high school and stuff like that. And then just like a lot of my other guests, you know, through the power of social media, we have stayed connected. And I just reached out and, and really wanted to get him on here, just tell his story, to, you know, explain his journey, getting to that high level. I mean, ultimately the highest level before the NFL, obviously, but you know, he's playing at the highest level he can. So some things we're going to get into, I just, I'm curious if, if D1 was always the goal and if so, or maybe not if so, but at what point did he realize that, you know, it was possible and, and that's really what he wanted to do. Um, one of the big things, like I mentioned, I did get to see some of his high school games, but obviously I'm not him. So I would really like to hear his take on his high school career. And then stemming from high school, I would really love to really love to hear about the recruitment process, which I'm sure many of you guys would too. Um, it must be an incredible feeling, you know, having all these top schools, top coaches reaching out to you and, and ultimately want you to be a part of their program. And then, you know, the biggest thing too, is I feel like with athletes, you know, everyone's, everyone sees the product, but most people don't see the work. So I would love to shed some light on that and, and hear what Devin has to say about the work that's gotten put in and the work that needs to be put into, to get him to where he's at now. Um, just some announcements before we get into the episode uh, at starting point podcast on Instagram is where you can find the podcast at for any updates, um, you know, short little clips of, of some audio from some previous episodes. And then ultimately just a place for you guys to reach out, uh, any comments, feedback, good, bad. Um, if you want to get on the podcast, obviously it's your opportunity to do so. All the podcasts are available on Apple podcasts and Spotify. Nothing new there every other Wednesday. Um, and then just a quick announcement on my next episode. I won't get too into it because, you know, I want to focus on this one, but my brother will be returning home from the army for the first time in over a year. He was actually the guest on my first episode. So him and a couple other guys will be coming on here and we'll just be having like a fun episode. I just want to let you guys know about that. Very, very excited about that. But for now, let's get into episode Devin. Hey, Devin, what's going on, man? Welcome into the podcast. What's up, man? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I really appreciate you coming on as a hometown guy, always rooting for you. I uh, just want to give you a breakdown of kind of how I run the episode. So pretty much, We'll start off, well, obviously we're talking about you being Division One quarterback, so we'll start off from the beginning and just lead through your journey to where you're at now and and kind of look into the future. So I figured the first place to start with that is, uh, you know, when did you begin playing football? Yeah, so I actually began playing flag football when I was about four years old for the Gloucester Township Stallions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, by the time I turned six, I was able to put pads on uh they kind of like broke it down from different age levels to different weights. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I really started playing full contact football when I was six years old. And I'm assuming you, you never stopped ever since. No, I never, never stopped ever since. Nope. And did you, I know, I mean, I'm sure mo- just like most kids, you probably started off, you know, playing T-ball and other sports as well, or was it all football all the time? Yeah. So growing up, um, I played three different sports. I played football, baseball, and hockey. So, I mean, originally, like, as I was playing, I didn't really know where I was going to go with each mm-hmm. one. I was kind of just feeling each one out. So, 
and then I would occasionally play basketball as well, but nothing like too serious. Never organized? Yeah, never organized. It's funny, actually. I was looking at pictures the other day, and I'm pretty sure I played against you in hockey. It was like this picture, and like it was the back of your jersey. I just saw Lear. It was, like, I just saw it the other day. It was funny, but how long did you actually yeah. play hockey for? Yeah, I, I actually do remember playing you um, for the DTHA. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I played hockey for three years. Um, like I said, with GTHA, and then also for three years, I was able to also play for the GTHA travel team as well. Right. So that was really that was really cool and like a really fun experience. Now, would you say, I mean, obviously it sounds like football is the first sport you started playing. Like, was that your first love? Like, did you kind of know like early on, like that's the sport you want to continue on with? Yeah, actually, um, growing up, baseball was my favorite sport. Okay, um, baseball. I thought <clears throat> I thought I was going to make a long term career with baseball. Um, and of course, I love playing hockey and I love playing football as well. But I just personally saw myself moving on with my future and playing at the next level was always baseball. And that was like something and just really looking up to all professional baseball players more than I did any other sport. Yeah. So what was it, what was it about baseball that um, like you liked better than football, at least at the time? Yeah. At the time, um, I don't know. I just, I just always, I played shortstop. Um, I didn't, I played mostly infield my whole life. Um, and it was just something about fielding. I love fielding. Um, I love being around the baseball team. Um, it was just a whole different atmosphere. I mean, compared to football, which is very like physical and intense mm. all the times, I would kind of look at baseball as like a type of time where I can relax, lay back, take a deep breath. And, you know, it, I mean, even hockey, playing hockey, it was very physical and mm. a lot of energy towards the sport. Whereas baseball, it was very just very laid back and kind of let your game go as you play. Yeah, honestly, I never thought of it. But, like, there – I mean, I feel like a lot of – not a lot, but, like, there's multiple NFL players today that could have also went to the pros for baseball, like Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray. But it seems like a lot of them ultimately do pick football over baseball. I mean, what do you think their reason is? And I guess yours would probably be the same. Maybe is it the physicality or is it just, like, the excitement of football? Yeah, I think – I think really um, when it comes down to, like, making a decision, whether it is between football or baseball or – like you said, a guy like Russell Wilson that could have obviously played professional baseball and as well as professional football. I think it really just comes down to making that decision of what sport you want to dedicate and contribute all your time to and that you want that certain outcome. Because I know for baseball players and kind of like my thought process through the whole decision was being, I mean, of course, everyone wants to get drafted in the first round and right. go right into the MLB and play. But I know that there's also the minor leagues and there's triple mm -hmm. A and there's double A. And it could take a good amount of time to make it to the MLBs. And that that's if you're staying healthy and progressing really well. Whereas if football, if you, I mean, in my opinion, I think the level from high school to college, um, I think you can really tell whether you're going to go go and play at the professional level or not. Um, so I just think it really comes down to the decision of like what you want to dedicate and spend all your time doing whether, rather than, I don't know, just like doing it for fun. Right. And I know you played baseball and football in high school. 
was there ever a possibility to continue baseball as well as football in college, or was that never even a thought? Um, coming into high school, it was. Um, my freshman, I, I stopped playing after my sophomore year. It was my last year playing baseball. Mm-hmm. And honestly, even going into my sophomore year, I was looking to play college baseball somewhere. I wanted to play college baseball. Um, and really, uh, my I had to end it, my career really just because – football camps and all the off-season programs and everything I had to go through for football was starting to run into baseball. Right. And that was kind of my breaking point of deciding, okay, I'm, I'm just going to dedicate my time to football or baseball. I couldn't really do both. And was that your decision or, I mean, you don't have to obviously put anyone's name out there, but you know, we're football coaches saying like, just focus on football or, or that's solely you, like you had that decision to make. Yeah, at the end of the day, it was my decision um, whether I want to keep playing baseball or not. But, yeah, there was definitely people from both sides tugging me of <clears throat> whether to keep playing and be a graduate as a two-sport athlete mm-hmm. or just spend all your focus on football. So, yeah, I was definitely being pulled two different ways. But at the final decision was my decision. Absolutely. And I know, like, just through social media, I see that your brother's a very good quarterback as well. Is athletics something – that runs in your family or you and your brothers, you and your brother kind of blessed with the talent or. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's doing really well right now. Um, he's going into his senior year, but yeah, my dad actually played, he played offensive line in college, which is pretty funny. Um, okay. So my dad played college football and he also played college baseball at a division three school called uh, Susquehanna university. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my uncle as well, he played quarterback at uh, William Patterson. Okay. Which was, I believe, was a Division two, um, or three. I might be wrong. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that was, that was really it. Um, as far as quarterback, um, I'm not sure if, where we got the arm talent from. I would say my dad, my mom likes to say her from when yeah, she played soft, softball, I mean, a little bit in high school. But, yeah, I mean, I would just say we're just truly, like, blessed and gifted with this ability and, like, athletically. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what I was going to ask you too. What, what drew you to the position of quarterback? Is it, is it, you know, kind of being like the man out there or, or did you just realize you had a talent and wanted to stick with it? Yeah. So, I mean, when I, I actually, my first year playing in pads was when my first time playing quarterback and I haven't changed my position since. Mm. Um, and really, I just think it was just my ability to throw the ball at first. Um, I know, I know like the first, my dad still tells the story all the time. Like the first couple of practices we had, um, they had me at tight end, but I would, I would always throw the football with my dad yeah. uh, all the time, like after practice and in the backyard all the time. And my dad noticed I had a pretty decent arm for my age. <clears throat> and he asked the coach, one of the practices, if maybe trying me at quarterback, how would like, my dad was just asking the coach at that age to see me throw. He right. wanted him to see me throw the football and see what he thought that if I wanted to play court, if they wanted to accept me as a quarterback, put me a quarterback. If not, my dad was fine with keeping me a tight end. And the first day after um, they moved me from tight end to quarterback, I did really well. Mm-hmm. And kind of from there, it just took off um, <clears throat> all throughout little league and midget football. I played quarterback and I stayed at the quarterback position. <clears throat> and then at high school, I kind of, started to progress even more and just really started to embrace the position and just like being in that role and really looking forward and looking up to people that play professional quarterback. 
So I guess we can thank your dad then for getting you to where you're at today. Kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He helped it out a lot. He helped out a lot. Uh, what quarterbacks would you say like you you started looking up to when you got to that point? Yeah, I mean, I I mean, really, my whole life I've been watching quarterbacks. I mean, from when I was little, I was a huge Donovan McNabb McNabb fan yeah. uh, with the Eagles. Um, I love. That's one of the reasons I was wearing five back then. Um, and then, you know, like, as I got older, I just started watching different quarterbacks in their different games. I mean, <clears throat> I personally don't have a favorite <coughs> quarterback, but people that I just watch is guys like Tom Brady, um, Patrick Mahomes. I like watching even like Aaron Rodgers. I like watching Baker Mayfield. Um, <clears throat> just like a whole different variety of quarterbacks each year. Yeah. Excuse me. So, yeah. So, really just – Growing up, I just watched all different types of quarterbacks um, as I really just got older. Yeah, so was was going D1 uh, always the goal for you, or was it a certain point that you realized, you know, maybe it was possible and you then start pursuing it? Yeah, so, I mean, going into um, high school, like I said, um, I was trying to go to play two sports. I was trying to go to play football and baseball, and I wasn't really thinking about the next level at that point until my freshman year. Um, after the football season, it was, I believe it was that January following my freshman football season Mm -hmm. and Temple University came in and one of their coaches was just talking to me and my head coach and just talking about where I stand in their recruitment process. And then they offered me a scholarship and this was my freshman year and I, I was only 15 years old. And I just remember, like, I had no idea what he was talking about. Like, I didn't know what a full scholarship was like I didn't know what the term offer meant and I kind of just from there um after I announced you know like to the public that I received a official scholarship from Temple a bunch of different big division one programs started reaching out to me and recruiting me and that's kind of like where I knew where I stood as a student athlete in high school they were recruited me at the division one level so that's kind of when I came to the realization that that's where my future was going and you said that was during your freshman year yeah that was my freshman year did you I mean how much did you play your freshman year um so my freshman year I played a decent amount throughout the season um I only started in one game Mm -hmm. um but I know kind of like a breaking moment was I started the Thanksgiving game and the week before the Thanksgiving game was the semifinals to go to the championship and I remember this wasn't my first time playing varsity football but it was a a pretty big moment for my recruiting was when our starting quarterback went down and we were playing Kingsway High School and uh, they put me in and we ended up going into triple overtime and we won head into the championship. So that was really like a big moment for me and like my recruiting. Was that game at Timber Creek? Yeah, it was at Timber Creek. Yeah, I must say, I think I remember that game. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that was a crazy game. Um, so then once Temple once Temple gave you the offer, did other offers kind of start like flowing in or were you kind of just, were, start, were more people starting to like kind of reach out to you kind of thing? Yeah, so uh, my freshman year, I finished off that freshman year with just Temple being the only school to offer me. Um, and then going into my sophomore year, a couple of other schools offered me, um, like Maryland, uh, Wake Forest. <clears throat> and then for 
good period of time during baseball season was actually when my recruiting started to slow down. Um, I kind of like, I don't really know if it had it had to do anything with me going off and playing baseball, but I started mm-hmm. to notice that I wasn't really as available to attend these camps that these coaches were reaching me out to attend. And right. I wasn't able to, you know, like meet with any of these coaches if I was out of baseball practice. So, I mean, yeah, it was, it was, it was good though. It was good. Um, I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought. You're good. I was, I mean, that's, that was kind of, I was going to get into that, like the whole recruitment process. You just want to talk about that. Cause you kind of already touched yeah. on like being a 15 year old kid, having a college reach out to you. Like that must be a surreal feeling. I'm sure it only got crazier as the years went on. Yeah, it did. It did. Um, so like my recruiting really started to pick up my junior year. <clears throat> which is when a lot of the ACC schools started to offer me um, a couple big 12 schools <clears throat> and then a lot of big 10 schools started to offer me. Um, and then that's kind of going into the end of my junior season. I, I was kind of like talking to my family and my coach, like wanted to come down to make a decision of where I wanted to go. Right. And after taking like multiple visits to all different schools, um, I thought like NC state would be the best place for me and the best shot for me to make it to the NFL, but like, as well as like enjoy my college experience um, off the field as well. And yeah, there was, I mean, there was many debates of like coming down between like NC state or going to Baylor or possibly Penn state was recruiting me very late, but very strong. Um, And yeah, I mean, recruiting was really all over the place, but being able to, visit the school and really connect with the coaches and like the academic staff and everything was really like the biggest deciding factor for me. Yeah, just out of curiosity. So I'm a college football fan. I'm a Notre Dame fan. Did Notre Dame ever reach out to you by any chance? Yeah. Notre Dame has reached out to me. Um, I think it was like my sophomore year, but they never offered me a scholarship. Okay. Yeah. No, I don't know. I was just curious, but, um, so the whole recruitment process though, like, did you ever have a time to really just like sit back and reflect and, just realize like how blessed you were that all these colleges, you know, wanted you to be their quarterback. Yeah, I, I did um, at certain moments, but I think like something a lot of like highly recruited high school athletes kind of like forget about is how blessed they really are is yeah. like, being able to talk to these coaches every day. I mean, some kids are out playing football and, have so much passion for football and love the sport, but they just don't have enough talent. And I think like throughout the recruiting process, and I'll say I was even like a victim of this, of like kind of forgetting how blessed you are, kind of forgetting that, okay, maybe you have 10 different schools that want you to offer a scholarship, but that one school you're still waiting for is causing you to ignore those other 10 that are already interested in you. Right. And I mean, for me, uh, I definitely had to take some certain steps, like uh, steps back, kind of like to come back to like a focus of like, okay, regardless of who's recruiting me, regardless of what school is offering me, whether how big they are, how many fans they can hold in their stadium, how big their weight room is, like just them giving me an opportunity to go to school for free, to pay for my tuition is just a blessing itself. Yeah. Absolutely. That's, that's a good way to put it too. Cause I feel like a lot of ki- like from the outside, like people look at schools that kids recruit or uh, commit to, and they kind of wonder like, why, like, why wouldn't you have gone to that bigger school? But like you said, like if this, if a, you know, a different school shows more interest and, and you really think it's the best place for you, then 
that's ultimately where you should end up going. Um, and we can get back since you touched on it briefly. Timber Creek, as many of my listeners would know, many people in the South Jersey area would know, is, is a foot or a football powerhouse essentially. What was it? What was it like playing there, and also, you know, setting the amount of records you did and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, it, it was awesome. It was really like one of the best experiences of my life, I would say. Um, I mean, just start freshman year coming in seeing these older guys these seniors that take football so serious that they really take the phrase hftcp to heart and that Mm -hmm. they really respect the head coach coach henson and i mean coming in as a freshman kind of like realizing that it it's taken very serious at timber creek that the powerhouse and everything that they've earned and all the championships was earned for a reason so kind of kind of coming in and fitting into that culture and understanding that what Timber Creek does and how they're successful was like very eye-opening my freshman year. And then followed by that, I mean, really my sophomore year was my first opportunity to start. And I mean, starting for Coach Henson, I think is like at that time was a huge honor because Mm -hmm. um, he had like very great quarterbacks and come throughout Timber Creek. And for me, just to be able to play in front of him, underneath him, and then for the rest of my teammates was like, something that I love doing because being around them every single day, like kind of creates like a family and being at Timber Creek, being on the Timber Creek football team, like anyone will say that it truly does feel like a second family because you're around them all day. You start to make relationships and bond with people that you never thought you would just through the game of football. And really just my junior year was um, my second, this would be my second year starting, which uh, I believe it was the year that, the record started to break a couple. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was just the whole time I just was really kind of sitting back and was like very thankful to be like on such a great team that we were on and be able to compete at such a high level. I mean, even starting in practice. But at the same time, I thought that playing football and being the quarterback at Timber Creek, that that was expected of you, that that's what you were supposed to do because you were at a powerhouse playing right. underneath Coach Henson with all of these recruits that come out of Timber Creek. So personally, I just thought that throughout my whole high school career, winning championships was the main goal. Absolutely. But the second, the second was just to perform as best as you can on the field, but for the team, never for yourself. Right. So that was something that I really embraced. And just the culture of the brotherhood at Timber Creek was just something I will like forever cherish. That's a good way to put it. How did you now – knowing that Timber Creek was his powerhouse and, you know, knowing that people knew the name Devin Leary had come into high school, how'd, how'd you deal with that pressure? Yeah. Yeah. So like, I never, I never really looked at pressure. I mean, as cliche as that sounds, but because like I, in high school, I really truly embraced competition. That was something that <clears throat> drove me. That was something that drives me to this day is, whether we're playing the best or the worst team in the state, I have to show up and perform and play it what I know I can, what I, what is possible as best as possible as I can. And yeah, the, like as my recruiting started to pick up and like, as our team started to get better and we started to build more publicity, like, of course there was a lot of people talking and a lot of people knowing who I was, but in the back of my head, it was always, as long as I'm on the field, as long as I'm with my team, I know what I can do. And I know how high of a level I can do it no matter who we play. 
Right. And then I, I think that's just where the competition, the competitive attitude and the competitive mindset kind of steps in. And it was more so of the leaders of the team or whoever was the vocal leaders or whether they were a servant leader of the team had to kind of follow at Timber Creek. And that was like part of the culture there as well was just being dominant as best as you can. Yeah. How many championships did, did you win while you were at Timber Creek? Yeah, I've won two championships. Okay. Um, so another question I had, and this is something big, I feel like with athletes, like everyone just kind of sees the final product, you know, what what's on the field and whatever, but, you know, just describe the work that's put up behind closed doors, like in high school and even like to this day, like how do you, how do you continue to just get better every day? Yeah, so I will say it has changed a lot from high school to college. Um, as Being in high school, um, you know, I used to – work out some days dependent on the day and dependent on the week I would work out before school um in high school but I mean on a regular tradition it would just be I would go to school and after school I would probably lift and then following the lift I would go throw and then later in the day I would do some type of speed work mm. and kind of just repeat that every day but um <clears throat> as I got to college I started to realize like just what the coaches and what the trainers are giving you and telling you what to do isn't enough so kind of how my work ethic and the day in the life of like a college athlete has changed is more so being able to get additional film study on top of the workouts they're already making you go through and being able to meet and throw or possibly go over a different type of film with all different position groups on top of watching film with your coach for two hours throughout the day is kind of that next step you have to take at college. Mm -hmm. um, and I think uh, just being able to, you know, like put in the extra work, not being satisfied enough with just what they're giving you, being able to take that extra step is something that really helps people separate from just being average to being good. And then from being good to being great. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. And now does, does it get exhausting? I mean, the, what, the, what you just described sounds like a jam packed day. I mean, and you're going through that every day essentially, or. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, um, for me right now, a typical day looks like uh, I wake up at six. Well, I wake up about 5.50 every morning. Um, about six o'clock, I'll get to the facility and start my rehab, my physical therapy for my foot. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll work on that as much as I can until 6.50. And 6.50, it begins our, uh, our lifts are break down into different position groups. So the quarterbacks right now are lifting with the offense and defensive line. So at 6.50, I'll go lift with them. And then after they lift, um, they'll do some type of speed and agility work. And because I'm not cleared to do that yet, mm. I'll go back and finish up my physical therapy. And then <clears throat> by the time I'm done my physical therapy, it would be about 9.30. I'll go up and eat breakfast. Um, after breakfast, we'll have position meetings with our position coach till about 12 o'clock. Um, and then from about 12 o'clock to about six o'clock, you'll have academics. So whether that's class or tutoring or mentoring or different types of study halls. Um, and then about whenever your classes are done, um, I usually get done around 637. I'll head back to the facility. And after I head back to the facility is when I'll start watching more film. Um, whether it's dependent on the day, whether it's like a first, second down cut up, a third down, a red zone, 
Um, I'll watch that usually with my assistant quarterback coach. And then after I'm done watching with him, I'll probably head into the weight room and do a little bit of recovery, a little bit of stretching, uh, different film rolls. And then, yeah, I'll head back to my apartment, uh, finish up any type of homework I have, and then repeat the next day. <clears throat> and um, usually that's how a typical day goes here. Um, on Saturdays, we'll have some type of throwing uh, with the receivers and the tight ends and the running backs. We'll throw on Saturdays and have the rest of that day. And then Sunday, we have um, team meeting to start the week back up. That's great. I and I'm glad that you should kind of shed some light on that. I mean, how do you get how do you get done schoolwork? Like I know you have that that time in between, but like all that time on football, like how do you focus yeah. on school? It's it's tough. I mean, that's one of the biggest things I think I had to manage was my time management and like really it's just not being active schoolwork in a workout. And I mean our our academic center, they do do a really good job of being able to like give us different time slots of whether whether we need uh, tutoring or mentoring or help on different assignments. But as far as school, I mean, it's really just comes down to having that mindset of not missing anything, not wanting to have an excuse of that you were tired or not wanting to turn an assignment because you were too focused on football. I think you really have to have a different type of mindset when it comes to your schoolwork to be able to, to be able to get it all done in a certain amount of time so that you can have leftover time for football. Right. And and do your coaches like, you know, really instill that into you guys? Like obviously you're here for football, but you're here for school as well. Yeah, they do. They do. Um, we have like different academic awards that we have different. Um, I mean, we have a whole different type of accountability system. Uh, which is like kind of like strikes that will they could be like a different type a certain type of run or you have to push a prowler and usually those accountability strikes come from school so they're really on top of like making sure we're at every class on time making sure we turn in an assignment we're not late to anything because if not that's when the accountability strike will come into play and right. eventually depending on how many strikes you get that could affect like the whole side of the football if you're like an offensive player yeah so they they are pretty strict about it i won't ask you if you got any strikes but have, have you found it like real difficult to balance the two or have you found you know kind of a happy medium with it yeah i mean um i feel like I've, I've done a pretty good job of being able to manage it throughout college um i will say when i first got here seeing all the different tutorings and all the study halls and all the different college classes of where I have to go, it was pretty challenging just because I was also getting at the same time, I was getting adapted to what a college workout actually is like, what a college right. day is actually like. So I will say at first, when I got to college, it was pretty challenging, but as I got more and more used to it and just everything that's been going on, I have been able to adjust pretty well. Good. That's good to hear. And like I mentioned earlier, I mean, like I said, I'm a huge like college football fan. I'm just curious, like, what's it like, like being a division one quarterback, like being in the spotlight and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love it. I mean, it's something that if you want to be a division one quarterback, like I said, you have to embrace it before mm -hmm. it happens because it's something that you really want to dream about and really want to do. But <clears throat> like you said, the spotlight is always on you. I mean, whether you're walking around campus in the student center or you're walking into the football facility, everyone knows who you are. Everyone knows your position. Everyone knows your role. <clears throat> and especially being a starter, I mean, you want to look, you want to represent 
not just yourself very well, but you want to represent NC State University well. You want to represent NC State football. You want to re represent the NC State quarterback room well. So being able to hold yourself to a high standard and not being able to create excuses or do anything that's out of that line is something that you always have to be aware of. And other than that, I mean, it's, it's great. I mean, being able to get to know everyone, people coming up to you, talking to you, very interested in not just how I'm doing, but just how the team is doing. Mm -hmm. um, and then just really like being able to represent our team for who I am. I mean, I don't, I don't want to represent our team being a guy that I'm not. Right. Um, I, I want to be looked at as someone that's very genuine and someone that is truly a quarterback and is a true leader and looks like the quarterback of that school. And that's something that I really, truly embrace. Yeah. And I know I asked you kind of about the pressure of playing, you know, for, for Timber Creek and now NC State's obviously even a step above that. Do you kind of embrace that the same way? Yeah, I, I embrace it the same way. I mean, once again, like I still don't look at it as any type of pressure. Um, I mean, playing football in the ACC every single week, I think you're bound to have some type of very competitive game and each game can go any way. So, I mean, coming into college, people can make it seem as if there's going to be a lot of pressure playing in front of a lot of people and being a part of a big university and a big student base. But in my head, I just think of it as taking the same approach that football is something that I love to do and I will continue to love playing football and me getting the opportunity to play football is all that I need. I don't really need any more extra pressure or any type of more fame or any type of more publicity because as long as I'm able to play the game that I love and be able to do what I love to do around people that want to achieve greatness just like me is something that all I see on the field. It's not really anything outside of football. Yeah, I think that's honestly a recipe for success too, being able to just <clears throat> embrace the position you're in and just I can tell your passion for the game. So I'm sure I'm sure that'll continue on. Um, so I, I think the next question, you know, what's future plans? I mean, is NFL, is, is that on the radar? Like, what are, we, what are we thinking with that? Yeah, I mean, that's the goal. That's definitely the goal um, to make it to the NFL. Um, I mean, this year, unfortunately, it was cut short. I was only able to play in four games. But I do know at the time that I was playing, um, compared to a lot of other quarterbacks around the country, I was playing at a very high level, um, both like, physically and statistically wise, uh, just compared to all the, the other quarterbacks. And yeah, I mean, that's always been a lifelong dream of mine to play in the NFL. So that's of course something that I want and something I'm gonna continue to strive for. But other than that, um, I'm right now majoring in sports management mm -hmm. and I hope to get into some type of, whether it's sports facilities, managing that or um, some type of sports agency. Uh, somewhat being involved around sports. I'm not 100% sure what I want to do, but yeah. that's kind of my plan A and plan B. Absolutely. Yeah. And like, and like we were talking about <clears throat> before we hopped in here, like, unfortunately, I saw that game, you know, where you got hurt, but I was also watching the games before that. And even though, like, we never really talked personally, like, I, I, you know, if I see NC State's on, I always put it on, you know, see if you're playing, hometown guy, definitely always root for you. And I saw how well you were doing. I'm just curious, what's like the, craziest or like the best environment so far that you've played in in college yeah so uh that's a good question um 
I mean, at NC State, whenever we play at home, is always a great crowd. I yeah. mean, it. I mean, I think like there's it's over uh, like sixty percent chance that the game will be sold out almost every time we play home, and yeah, that that that's a great atmosphere. But I think away, um, my freshman year of college, um, I wasn't playing, but we played at Clemson, and that that was a really cool atmosphere. We actually. Um, well, the schedule comes out this upcoming Thursday, uh, whether or not we'll play Clemson at home or away. But that was a really cool atmosphere. Um, <clears throat> an atmosphere that I've played in personally would probably be um, – I'm not really – this year was de- very different. Right. Um, there wasn't really <clears throat> many fans. I mean, we were we did get a chance to play at Heinz Field when we played Pitt. Okay. I thought that was really cool. Um, playing at Louisville my freshman year was really cool as well. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's really cool playing around the ACC, too, because you get to experience all different places around the country, too, which I think is really cool. Right. Yeah, since you were in the ACC, I, I figured you'd say – I mean, you'd say Clemson, they're, they're one of the top top dogs, obviously. And that's – you brought up a good point, too. What was it like, you know, essentially playing in little to no fans this year? It was way different. I mean – you're running out of the tunnel and you don't hear a thing. <laughs> like it's just it was different, but I think the good thing out of it was you got to see what teams brought their own energy. That was something that we kind of took as a team that performed well on the field. We need to bring energy to get everyone prepared for the game that we're about to play. And I mean, it was really different, but it was also really cool to see the ways different teams got hyped up or the way that they got locked in, although there was no fans or barely any fan crowd or fan noise. So it was very different, but it was cool to see people adapt. Yeah, and I would say, honestly, just from watching college football and also just pro sports, I mean, the, the level of, of intensity it didn't really seem to go down. I think once the players get over the fact that there's no one in the team, <laughs> It seems like they really start to get locked in. So I guess you kind of kind of attest to that as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's weird because usually you hear like the crowd noise going crazy right before the first kickoff. Yeah. And as soon as they kick the ball and they make the first hit, everyone's going crazy. Where it was almost like this year playing with no fans, you had to wait for that first hit. Right. You had to wait for the first hit to hear some type of noise. You had to wait for someone to – do something crazy on the field for everyone to get excited, to get into the game where the fans didn't really, like I said, you had to bring your own energy and the fans couldn't really get you going before the ball was even kicked. So being able to see when people first start off the game to where the second series of the game, people are going right back to playing division one ACC football, like they know how to do was like really cool because it shows how much the fans can truly affect the game and just the oh, yeah, atmosphere, everything. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, hope, hopefully you guys will have some fans next year. I mean, I don't know if it'll be a packed house, but something. Yeah. I hope, I, I, I think we will. I mean, I hope so. We were, we were able to have fans this year, I think only up to 15,000. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's not, that's not horrible. I mean, it's obviously nothing compared to a packed house, but um. So throughout this episode, I mean, you've yeah, you've definitely given a lot of good advice and stuff like that. But is there anything you know, one piece of advice that you'd want to give to people? Maybe not necessarily athletes, just in general, just about anything. 
Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> something that I kind of had to learn and something that I really live by now, uh, whether you are an athlete or not, like you said, uh, is really just control the controllables, uh, whether it's in all aspects of your life. <clears throat> anything that you can't control is something that you can't really harp yourself, help yourself on or really just worry about so much because it's out of your control. Something that I kind of had to learn even going through this injury was to control the controllables. Right. Whereas if in my case, I, I broke part of my leg and I had a decision of controlling the controllables of whether I wanted to sit in my bed and kind of just soak and complain and just be upset the whole injury process, or I was able to control how I felt in the morning, how I was going to attack the day, how I was going to attack my physical therapy, how I was going to get better for that day. So really just the advice that I would give is control the controllables because that's really all you can do. Absolutely. That's good advice. And I do have, I do like a final question on my podcast, but before that, you mind dropping the social media handle so people know where to find you at? Yeah. So um, I'm on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, my Instagram is at D underscore underscore Leary one. And my Twitter is at Devin Leary one. Awesome. Yeah. So like I said, with this final question, I kind of do it kind of just to give everyone else something to think about, but it's something that I usually my guests can relate to. So this one might make you think a little bit, but my question is, do you think you're destined to play a particular sport or do you think it's whatever sport you put in the work in for, if that makes sense? Yeah. Can you repeat that one more time? Yeah. So like, do you think that- Can like, you repeat the quote? Yeah, I got you. Do you think, you know, you're destined to play a certain sport? Like for you, like, do you think it was always going to be football or if you put in the work more for baseball or hockey, you know, you could have went far with that? Um. <clears throat> So I think that's a really good question. I think that you are destined for your sport that you play um, because if, if you put in the work really hard, if you put in a lot of work for a sport that you're not necessarily in love with or something that you don't feel like you're destined for, but you're still putting in a lot of work towards, I don't think you'll get the same outcomes as if you're playing a sport that you feel like you're destined for and also put in the work on top. I think you'll receive two different outcomes because of what you truly feel and what you truly love towards that sport. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, and for you, for example, I mean, you said the love you have, you have for football, like, I guess that love maybe wasn't necessarily the same for baseball. So that's kind of what ultimately made you pick football and it's what making you go far with football. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> It's just funny how things turn. Like, I thought myself growing up, I thought I was going to be this baseball, professional baseball player, and I thought mm -hmm. so. But as I was playing both sports and I got older, I realized in high school that this was what I was made to do. This is why I'm here is to play football. I'm blessed. I was very blessed to be in this situation and just something that I felt I was destined for. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, that's all I have for you, but I, I just want to say thank you for coming on here and um, giving some time out of that busy schedule that you went over. And like I mentioned, you know, big big college football fan, Notre Dame fan, but NC State can be a close second for me, and I'll definitely be rooting okay. for you when you get back on the field, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for reaching out to me too. Absolutely.